Our gospel lesson for today, the first Sunday of Lent, comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. May the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. When I was growing up, it was very common for my dad to say, hey, let's go for a drive. I think dad did this for a variety of reasons. One, he just gets ants and he likes to go for drives. He still does that today. But I think dad knew something that I'm just kind of starting to figure out in the last couple of years of being a dad myself. There are amazing conversations that can happen when you are in a car just side by side. Now, dad always said, we're going to go get a pop or we're going to go get some ice cream. I think he actually just wanted to spend some time with us. I've thought a lot about this, especially in the last couple of months. Now that Jack is 16, he's doing most of the driving around to school. And I have lost most of those opportunities that I always had for anywhere from 30 seconds to 60 seconds of driving across town to take the kids to school. You may not believe it, but some amazing conversations can happen in that brief of a window. They don't always, sometimes they're weird conversations or sometimes it's utter silence, but something big can happen. Now, Friday morning, I had one of those opportunities again. Ava had piano at 7.30, so I was driving her over to the school. But as many of you know, Friday is also my day to start getting sermons ready. So as we were leaving the parking lot, going over towards the school, she was talking and I was utterly distracted. I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking about possible stories, I was thinking about all kinds of stuff, basically the next thing I have to do and the next thing I have to do. And over the course of about 30 seconds, I heard her talking over here, and the only word that registered in my brain at all was mom. And I had a total dad fail, and I told her, I said, I'm sorry, I have no idea what you just said. I was distracted and her response was, "Ah, really? (laughs) She's right, because I was completely missing this opportunity to share together this chance for a brief moment of relationship building because I was so utterly distracted by the next thing I had to do. Now I want you to tuck that away in the back of your minds for a minute. I'm gonna come back to that. And let's think about our gospel for today. We're into the first season or the first uh, week of the season of Lent and every single year at this time on this Sunday, it's the temptation of Jesus. That's just the way it always falls. And I appreciate a lot about this story, regardless of which particular gospel we're looking at. They all have a lot of good details, but uh, it's, it's good to know that even the son of God, even the one who is divine, 
face temptation just like we did. And honestly, that really makes me see the humanity of Jesus to know that he too was tempted. But it's an interesting situation. And the timing, the setting of this whole thing is important. Now, Jesus has just been baptized. That happens right before this. And if you remember the baptism of Jesus, you know, he's baptized, he's present, and then the heavens rip open and the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove, whatever the heck that means, lands upon him. And we hear this big booming voice of God say, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. That's just happened. And now Jesus is out being tempted. And he's out there for 40 days. And we hear the dude is hungry. I mean, 40 days. It's been a month and a half. I'm hungry after an hour. I can't imagine how hungry it was. And with that, the temptations start. And the first thing that Satan or the devil, whatever we want to call him, the first thing that he does is hit Jesus where he's vulnerable. He's hungry. Hey, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Feed yourself. I bet you can do it. If you're God's son, after all, I'm sure you can. Jesus is like, yeah, no. So then the devil tries something else. Well, if you're the son of God, then let's go up to this really high place and go ahead and throw yourself down because, hey, I know scripture too. It says that he'll command his angels concerning you and they'll hold you up so you don't dash your foot against a stone. Don't ask me what that weird little dance was I just did. I have no idea what that was about. Jesus says, again, don't test God. So the devil tries one more thing shows him all of the kingdoms of the world and all of their splendor and all of their glory. And apparently the devil's got some sort of authority over him. He says, I'll give all this to you, all the glory that comes with it, if you'll just bow down and worship me. And Jesus is like, yeah, dude, no. You worship God, you serve God. Get away from me, Satan. It's an interesting story. Now, I thought a lot about it. And over the course of that brief passage that we read, we hear three different names for the devil. We actually hear Satan. We hear the tempter, which makes sense considering we're talking about the temptation of Jesus. And then we hear him called the devil. Now the word in the original language that we use for devil is better called the slanderer. Sounds all legal like we're in court right now. But I thought a lot about that. To slander means you, you take something that's not true and you twist it to try and make people believe it. And isn't that exactly what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to twist the truth to his purposes. But now what's he doing? What's really at the heart of all this? We hear three different temptations. Who knows, there might've been more than just these three that we hear about. But throughout all of them, it really seems that the devil is trying to get Jesus to believe something about himself that's not true or he's trying to make him prove something. And we hear that in definitely the first two, and it's probably inferred in the third. He's talking about Jesus' identity. If you are the son of God, prove it. Isn't that what's going on? If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. The angels will hold you up. Prove it. Prove this identity that you claim. I was thinking a lot about that because Jesus doesn't seem to feel the need to prove it, does he? He's like, yeah, I don't think so. I know the truth, the truth of his identity as the son of God, as the one who is beloved of God simply because of who he is. And I wanna go back to that story that I told before. Jesus doesn't need to prove anything, but I wonder how often we fall in that trap. Here in our culture, 
we have this idol of busyness. One more meeting, one more email, return one more phone call, or go to one more, write one more lesson, or depending on what you do, maybe it's go to one more job site, help this one more thing, work harder, work harder, work harder, more, 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 to prove that you're worthy of whatever this job is that you have, or this position that you're in. Or maybe for our young people, earn one more better grade to prove that you're good enough. We are really, really, really good at thinking, I've got to prove it. But what do we have to prove? Honestly, what do we have to prove? And what can we learn from Jesus? Because he knows who he is. If you are the son of God, prove it. No, dude, I already am. You know how I know? God just told me. And you remember when? At his baptism. Now here's where the divine Jesus and then the human Jesus meets the human us. Because we share in the same baptism, don't we? And we share the same claim of God upon each of us. God says to Jesus, you are my beloved son. God says to us in the waters of our baptism, I claim you, you are my beloved child. We have the same identity as Jesus. We don't have to prove anything because if God says it, it's true whether we like it or not. Now, Jesus resists it. We don't. We fall to temptation because we've got that little voice in the back of our heads that loves to talk to us, that loves to tempt us, that loves to slander the truth and twist it. But thanks be to God that we are also forgiven because that claim that God has placed upon each of us is one that's strong enough that nothing beats it. Any of you have ever been to a funeral I've led, you've heard me talk about this. My favorite part of the Bible, Romans 8, 38 and 39. Nothing in all creation, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus and that claim that God has made upon us as beloved child. Nothing, not our brokenness, not our sin, not our failures, and yes, those all happen, but we are forgiven. Through that grace, that perfect, undeserved grace of God that I was talking with the kids about a moment ago. This is good news because it's for all of us. Even in those times when we feel like I'm not worthy. And if people really knew me, they would know I'm not worthy. Well, guess what? None of us are. And yet God gives it to us anyway. I think that's good news that we can hold on to. Amen.